dawning of a new day, the beginning of a new era, or perhaps just a new moment. Let your body be nourished. Let your mind be renewed. Let the rising of the sun imbue you with energy you didn't know you could possibly ever have. Let it work to your every extremity. Fill your body and your soul with a spirit that can't be touched by any material thing It is a spirit. It is a hope. It is beauty. Welcome back inside Brett's play-by-play list. I'm Brett Williams. And in an era where it seems like we have nothing but bad news to discuss, nothing worth celebrating, we're all just waiting for our lives to return to normal. And that time may be a long time down the road. But that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate what makes this life great and beauty is perhaps one of those constants that just gets tossed aside just gets forgotten about unnoticed for long periods of time when we're at our busiest and we can't do that there's just so much of it around us and music perhaps conveys it better than anything else perhaps this particular piece connects nature music, song, life better than any. And it is, at least to me, a lot I alluded to a moment ago, an ode to a new day. You almost feel the rising sun through that first bit of this piece. And appropriately enough, it is real around the sun, the opening number from the acclaimed Irish Step Dance Act River Dance that has taken the world by storm ever since it debuted back in Dublin, Ireland in 1994. Of course, I've added this to the playlist because we celebrated St. Patrick's Day this week, and it's a holiday that always comes on March 17th, usually gets accompanied by a lot more revelry, a lot of celebrations, many of which had to be canceled or put on hold here in America and around the world, for that matter. But it didn't mean that it wasn't worth still acknowledging, still celebrating in its own way. In your homes, perhaps you were like me and had an Irish meal. My family fixed some shepherd's pie. Normally we do a little corned beef and cabbage. Weren't able actually to get out and get that before all the stores started turning into mob scenes and craziness. So we weren't able to do that. Had to change it up a little bit, but still got it in. Put on some of our favorite Irish CDs. The ultimate St. Patrick's Day celebration being one of them with some great pub songs. And then the soundtrack to Riverdance, one of the most dynamic, impressive stage shows I have ever witnessed in any genre. I've seen it several times. We bought the soundtrack after the very first night I saw it at at an amphitheater here in the Northern Virginia area, my hometown, which is where I find myself now having once again been uh, put out of work with the sports hiatus. So I've returned back from... Bowling Green, Kentucky to Virginia and uh, Wolf Trap, one of the summer live open air event venues that always brings a lot of joy to folks here in the the DMV, as we like to call it. And I was so impressed that first time we walked out, grabbed that soundtrack and listened to it as often as possible, certainly in full every St. Patrick's night. But uh, I love to turn it on when I just get when I need a little bit of inspiration, something to just fuel me in a unique way. You don't need any lyrics. 
You just need the sound. Obviously, it's even better to watch the dancers perform themselves, but there's just something about the tune. Obviously, you hear a little bit of the taps of the shoes of these dancers as this thing goes on. And I'll play a little bit more here for you in time. But the music itself just has a force that can't be described. You just have to feel it. You have to experience it. And so this is what we're trying to bring to you today. Again, the whole point of this play-by-play list is to provide a soundtrack to the new era of our lives that we currently face, an era we didn't expect, an era we didn't want, an era that has a lot of things that aren't enjoyable, quite frankly. But yet there are things we have to search for to keep us going, to keep us sane, to keep us connected to who we are and who we should be. And so I've been adding since last Saturday when I started this, just two days after all the sports across the country came to a halt. I've been adding one song a day to a Spotify playlist entitled Brett's Play-By-Playlist Volume 1 COVID-19 Sports Hiatus, which you can find on my Spotify page, Taking It All In 1317. I just added the 7th from last Saturday through Friday today. And this Reel Around the Sun was, of course, the St. Patrick's Day selection three days ago on Tuesday the 17th because, again, The holiday's there, and we have to, whatever we can find, traditions, anything that keeps us who we are, we have to tap into that at a time like this. Now, why did I choose this particular piece from the Riverdance soundtrack, you may ask? Well, like I said, I think, first of all, the fact that it, to me, speaks about this beginning of something new, which obviously we're getting into now, even though it may not be exactly what we've been hoping for. It's still something that's starting. It gives us hope and an opportunity that we can make of this something great, even though things seem bleak right now. Who knows how we will all grow as individuals, as a society throughout this. We just need something to speak to us, something to keep us going, and I feel that energy coming from this piece. It is the opening number from the show, and I also believe that when you see it live, and quite frankly, if you listen to the rest of the soundtrack, as amazing as the rest of these tracks are, don't get me wrong, there is still something extra special about this. It's the longest as well, 8 minutes and 40 seconds on the original soundtrack. Now, Spotify does not have the original Riverdance CD available So I had to put on a slightly truncated version that's actually from their 25th anniversary special album. Uh, Their 25th they celebrated last year. Again, it started back in 1994. And so this is a slightly shortened version, not quite as dynamic. So my recommendation is certainly listen to this within the playlist. But if you really want to get the full Reel Around the Sun experience, go to YouTube. It is there, and you'll get to experience that. But regardless, it is, to me, the most impressive performance of the show and and because it is the opener it gets you into a whole different mindset and appreciation of where you're going on this journey when you see it live i'd highly recommend if you get a chance ever to see this performed please do there are moments in this where it continues to build I've always felt like an Irish dancer was in me somewhere. I have a lot of Irish heritage in my family. My great-great-grandfather on my mother's father's side uh, was an immigrant from Ireland, and he raised 
a lady by the name of Lorraine McAuliffe, my great-grandmother, who was, in fact, a dancer and a performer herself uh, back in Chicago and all kinds of settings uh, during the Roaring Twenties and, and beyond. But she had the she was so proud of her Irish heritage that she officially changed her last name when she got married. But a lot of times when she signed her name, I'm told, she would add McAuliffe, her maiden name, in parentheses because she was so proud of it. And as my grandma has told me many times, man, could she do a jig. So it's something that's just kind of passed down through that side of the family, something we're all very proud of. And that's why on St. Patrick's Day, it, 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 we always have a certain gusto about our celebrations. We're a big holiday family, a big traditions-based family. We have something that we do each year on each holiday, but there's something about St. Patrick's Day that's special. You know, we don't claim that everyone in our family has Irish heritage because that would not be the case. It's that one chain, but there's something about it that has just passed down and given us something very rich to enjoy. And uh, and like I said, I just feel like at times, you know, I, I almost wish that I had learned the art of Irish step dance growing up. I've always been a big dancer. People who know me well know that. Uh, the Lady Toppers and WKU know that from uh, the cruise out in San Francisco we took uh, on the bay during Thanksgiving night this year on our trip to the St. Mary's Thanksgiving tournament. I got a chance to get out there on the dance floor and uh, show a few people a thing or two. That's largely due to my experience uh, back with uh, the University of South Carolina Thursday nights, uh, Jillian Shag Night, people again who may be listening to this and know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, in any event, I would have loved to have learned that art. It is uh, truly impressive to watch the footwork, the speed of the footwork of Irish step dancers. And uh, I know that takes a ridiculous amount of practice and, and commitment to do something like that at a high level. But there's just a certain energy and a soul about it that I wish I had had a part of. And maybe I will somewhere in life, but at the very least, I'm going to continue to enjoy it from afar. But of course, I couldn't just leave this episode of this podcast as that, someone from an outside perspective talking about what Irish dances meant to them from watching it, experiencing it. How about someone who has actually done it, for whom Irish step dance has been a key part of their upbringing, their life, their growth? And for that, I bring in a very special friend of mine, Hope Ogden, good friend of mine from high school, St. Stephen's and St. Agnes School in Alexandria, Virginia, who was appropriately enough, I guess, for a topic like this, of course, being St. Patrick's Day is you know, ultimately a feast day for a saint who is venerated in the Catholic Church as well as several other Christian churches. And Hope was my sponsor when I joined the Catholic Church in December of 2018, essentially someone who took me under her wing, who mentored me throughout that process, who was there as a spiritual advisor of sorts to officially see me through in those final steps of my formation in the church. So I'm very grateful to Hope for that and for everything that she has uh, done for me spiritually and, and, and in my life before then and since then. And so it's with great pleasure that I bring her into this episode of Brett's Play-By Playlist to talk about her experience as an Irish step dancer as well as what St. Patrick's Day means to her, somebody with Irish heritage and, again, someone who is a Catholic and has a different perspective perhaps on St. Patrick's Day than a lot of others may have. And welcome, Hope, to this podcast episode. How are you today? Thank you, Brett. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing well. How about you? Feeling okay? Yeah, trying to hang on in the midst of this craziness, but that leads me to why I've done this in the first place. So 
really appreciate you being a part of it as well. And, you know, obviously I've, I've already shared what Irish dance has meant to me and, and what Irish heritage I have in my family as well. And I know that, you know, this is all something that uh, speaks far more volumes coming from you than from me. So just want to invite you to open up by sharing your story. Thank you so much, Brett. I think a big question I get is just how did you find this activity, right? Because it's not your average ballet class when you're little. It's not your average soccer team. Um, How in the heck did you find this very niche activity? And my, really the credit's to my mom. We have a grandmother who is off the boat German, and so we were exposed to so much German culture and food and holidays um, and language from an early age, and she really wanted to tap into my dad's side, which is heavily and directly Irish, Um, and so she started looking for cultural outlets and activities, and after seeing Irish dance in a St. Patrick's Day parade, she asked if I wanted to try a class, and I said, absolutely, and I have never in my life had such a connection to a sport or activity like I did to that. It just was immediate. I mean, first five minutes in class felt so natural. Um, and I just loved it. So what was it that made you fall in love with it from seeing at a parade to just knowing so quickly? To be honest, I don't really know because I've never had a connection to something like I did with that. But I think I was attracted by the rhythm of it because I, I saw much older dancers and they were using what we call hard shoes the percussive ones and I just there was a rhyme and a reason to it like it you could do it on your own you could do it with a group but whether you were on your own or with a group um, you knew that rhythm you knew the beats you knew how to be in sync and I just thought that was so neat Give me a sense as to the culture of that sport from the inside because it always seems whether from what I've seen from previous conversations I've had with you, that there's a, a real intense sense of community within uh, your, well, I guess within that community is probably the best way to phrase that. But what was that like for you growing up through a lot of your formative years in that family? It definitely is a unique community. It's a whole different world is really what it feels like. I, I first want to say there's two different kinds of Irish dance, really. One is meant for shows we call it show dancing um it's still irish dancing very much so some of it is very complex and hard difficult to master but when we talk about river dance or lord of the dance those are competitive dancers who have in turn created a show something meant to please people which is really what irish dance culturally was i mean for hundreds and thousands of years in ireland um was just meant to please the senses, please people, and involve visuals, and involve the sound with all the percussion. And I think in competitive dancing, it's a lot more like competitive gymnastics. There's number scales. You're judged to a number. Um, It is still subjective. However, if a judge prefers somebody's style over another, they could be placed higher even though they weren't technically as perfect but numbers do play a part and it's less about pleasing um, an audience in terms of artistic it's definitely not as artistic you have your routine memorized you train to it to the best of your ability you cross train a ton of stamina and cardio is involved i believe that 
Mm-hmm. I, I did the math once, and in high school, I was doing 21 hours of cardio a week, which is Good insane. grief. Insane. That's over half of a typical work week. I know. <laughs> it is insane. It, it, we, we get compared to um, competitive gymnastics or competitive swimming a lot in terms of your training weird hours. Um, it's very intense, um, but rarely seen. It's either early in the morning or late at night, and that's the same with Irish dance. Absolutely. Now, what are I know the the first part is you know keeping your upper body real stiff while all the, the feet yeah. do the work. Uh, what are some of the other things that you're really focused on in that training? We are focusing on so in addition to the arms, it's really head to toe. I mean, you're thinking about the angle of your chin, um, how far back your shoulders are. People don't realize, but a lot of the jumping, you can't bend your legs before you jump. So it's all coming from core strength. So you're constantly squeezing your core to help get you up in the air and land again. You are focused on your back and how arched it is. You're focused on every angle of turnout in your foot, the angle of your pointing and um, being high up on your toes as well. It's really, uh, it's really more of a full body sport than it looks like. I'll say that. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I, I said earlier in this episode that you know, I've always wanted to see what that would be like, and maybe at some point I'll, I'll try to pick that up. But uh, I've got to know <laughs> what kind of uh, situation I'm getting myself into if I go down that route. So you mentioned a few minutes ago something that I think really speaks to how it's touched me and how I've uh, perceived my experience of, of watching uh, performance of Irish dance and that it's an, it's a holistic experience. Like you mentioned the, the percussion and the visuals and all the different senses that I feel get invoked here. And it almost feels like, because when I'm listening to, you know, the river dance soundtrack, as much as you, you want to see the dance performed live, you almost feel it. There's a, a connection there. That's that you, you just, you feel like you're in that presence. Is that, part of what the effect is that it's meant to create absolutely and there's you know there's a saying that one of my teachers used to say a lot and she meant it to you know to be kind of funny but I think there's some truth for it to it she used to say the reason people like Irish dance even though they have no idea what it is they're even watching sometimes is because all of the beats being in sync like that remind you of your mother's heartbeat from when you were in her womb which I think is so beautiful and such a beautiful picture. And I think that that kind of rhythm is embedded almost in every kind of cultural dance. And so it definitely resonates with each person on a lot of different levels. No joke. I mean, I said, and I I have said this to many people in my life talking about it, that there's a certain life giving force that I feel from that's about the best way I can describe it. And little did I know uh, just how accurate that apparently was. Absolutely. That's a beautiful way of putting it as well. So what are some of the biggest things that you get from a show like Riverdance, something that has really elevated that sport to uh, a cultural phenomenon and something that is that is appreciated just all around the world? And I would actually love to touch on just the impact Riverdance had on Irish dance as a whole, um, whether we're talking show, competitive. First of all, it was really the first Irish dance show, um, especially the first one to go international. They won the Eurovision competition, oh gosh, was it 96, maybe? Nine, 1994, because they had their uh, their 25th last year, yeah. Thank you. They, you know, again, these were competitive dancers. They were, a lot of them, world champions or very high-ranking championship Irish dancers. 
they came together. They made this show with the help of Michael Flatley um, and the uh, the composer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Bill Whelan. Yes, amazing composer. Um, Michael Flatley went on to choreograph more well-known shows like Lord of the Dance and Feet of Flames. And it just revolutionized the way people even thought about Irish dance, even Irish people. It changed the way Irish people felt about their own cultural dance, which I think is a really significant shift. It switched from like this kind of country activity. I, I liken it to clogging or square dancing. Like we know it exists and we know that it's kind of American but we're not necessarily proud of it, and we think it's something kind of dinky, right, that people <laughs> in the country do. You definitely don't see it as much in the cities. Um, and even you, you see it, and you appreciate it, and you know about it. But what Riverdance did for Irish dancing was really incredible. It made it glamorous for the first time in history. And so not only did the world take notice, but Irish people kind of puffed up their chests about it for the first time ever. And I think that's incredible. So... The show just revolutionized everything because it made it glamorous. That's what I would say. Uh, when was the first time you got a chance to, to see it for yourself? Oh, my mom took me to Wolf Trap, our, our signature Riverdance viewing um, venue. She took me to uh, Wolf Trap in... As I told you all, it, this is the, the place in the DMV to go see live arts. I've already mentioned it once in this episode, so there you go. <laughs> Yes, it's a, it's a huge venue. It has outdoor seating on a lawn, so you can bring a picnic blanket and dinner and watch a show, or you can sit in the traditional seats. Just incredible. And um, the first time I saw it, we were actually sitting second row, and so I was face-to-face with their feet, literally, because the stage wow. comes up pretty high, and I was eight years old. And, man, I learned a lot, and I just was in awe. Like, I didn't know it existed on such a big platform and it just added more value to me to what I was doing in my classes and my competition and kind of gave us a new ideal. All of us said after seeing it, Oh, I want to be in river dance. And that became the new standard. Yeah. It's, it definitely sets that standard. I mean, it's, and, and what I love, and I mentioned this earlier in this episode as well is, you know, real around the sun is such a dynamic performance to open up a show like that. I mean, if, if you haven't seen it before, it, it gets you blown away by what you're seeing uh, in an instant. And that's why I think perhaps it's had the most impact on me from, from any of the songs, which are all phenomenal. All the pieces in this, it's a you know very well-thought-out show, I think, tells an incredible story. But that one just really hits you right off the bat. Absolutely. And I think what Riverdance did really well is actually incorporating so much of nature into it. And I mean, that's also what strikes us as humans we're made to be in nature and to love nature and to see you know even the name river dance um creates an image that we didn't have before when it came to irish dance but they really were paying tribute to the start of irish dance which was to help celebrate pagan holidays nature-based holidays and i just think that starting out with that that's how irish dance started that's how the story of their country started and so not only is it a beautiful beginning to their story the story of ireland but also to the story of the show and so i also i love that song i love that number it's one of the most recognizable pieces from the show 
And let's talk a little bit about a little bit more about what you just alluded to, because, you know, that brings us to the occasion, obviously, that got this whole thing started in the first place with or at least, you know, in this context uh, for this playlist here, St. Patrick's Day, because in all of the lessons that I've learned about St. Patrick, even just this week, uh, let alone earlier in my life, but just watching different videos and learning different things, even this week, there's a lot of that that St. Patrick himself had a chance to encounter and work with back in the day because, you know, again, uh, not even Irish born. I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, but a missionary to Ireland and someone who built, uh, and to use the words of um, our dear friend, uh, Trisha Lyons from the Virginia Theological Seminary, uh, built a kinship with the people of Ireland, the people who were seen by the Roman Empire as uncivilized, barbaric people, he saw something in them and was able to connect with them in such a way that he could bring the Catholic faith to them. And of course, the rest is history. So, I mean, how cool is that to see almost that come full circle with where we are now and, and just the those story arcs coming together? Absolutely. And I think a super important part of St. Patrick's story that people forget, one, like you said, I think he's not Irish. He's actually, we believe he's born in Wales, although... That's debatable, according to some historians. But the first time he came to Ireland, he wasn't a missionary. He actually was a slave, brought to Ireland as a slave. And he escaped. He was set free. He went back to where he came from with his family and still felt the call to return and literally serve with love the people who enslaved him. And so I can't talk about St. Patrick without saying that because he was a missionary but not even a typical missionary. Like what he did to even come back, I can't personally imagine. And as far as I understood it, it was a vision of an angel, right, that came to him after he had escaped slavery, had been back, had gone through uh, the ordination process. Supposedly he said in his uh, autobiography, The Confession, that he developed his faith in God through the time in bondage. And then once he escaped, became a priest, went through everything, built up communities there, and then it was a vision of an angel that prompted him to go back to Ireland and do just that. Exactly. And um, he had multiple what he called dream visions. So it was a dream, but he felt like there was some added meaning that he was supposed to notice and act upon. And another one was a dream vision of Irish children in their mother's arms outstretching their hands to him. And it was imagery he had seen, you know, in terms of spiritual desolation that he had seen there. And he was a Christian when he was enslaved. Like you said, he built up that spiritual strength through suffering, which um, is really the goal of a Christian is if you are put in a situation where you are suffering to use it to grow. That's really a high honor, we almost think. Um, We're taught to be thankful for that even. It sounds a little backwards, but for St. Patrick, he, it definitely worked for him and it definitely, he's a great example of that. And so he left and yeah, he had seen such spiritual desolation and how they were living, and he felt called to return. And what a great role model for us in this time that we face all these challenges that have hit our world all of a sudden to to think back to that and to realize how we can use this as a time to better ourselves and better our society. I mean, if we don't do that, we've essentially wasted whatever time that we're given in this particular situation. Absolutely. And I think something 
my husband and I have reflected on, whose name is Patrick, by the way. <laughs> about that? So big fans of St. Patrick for many reasons over here. Um, and we've seen a lot of other families posting about, we don't have children yet, but we are a family. And we, you know, can't stop thinking, along with many other families, um, what a weird blessing of family time this is for a lot of us and how that's going to impact all these different families and all these different individuals and children and, you know, really make a mark on them and create this seemingly odd, I'll give you that, but possibly wonderful set of memories um, for the family as they grow and to go through something hard together as well. Not, not all of this is going to be easy, but they will be doing it together you know, hopefully in the comfort of their home, as we see many are self-quarantining or are actually quarantined. So we are, you know, weirdly grateful for this opportunity to make memories and to do something hard together um, so that we might be able to share that with family down the road. Yeah, no doubt there will be a ton of stories shared about this. And and again, if the content is something to, to show how you can grow in a time like this. I mean, what a what a valuable lesson to future generations. And and one more thing that I think really connects to St. Patrick is he was so good when he was a missionary at just using what the Irish people already had, what he already had. He used the simplest things to teach such great lessons. And he didn't have to, you know, concoct some magnificent thing. His most famous teaching was he used their shamrocks, which grew everywhere, still pretty much do. It's famous for them, of course. But he used the three-leaf shamrocks to teach about what we call the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They're different leaves, but they're the same plant. They're the same God. And so not only is that great because it helps remind us to use what we have, especially in this time, you know, we're racking through our pantries saying, oh gosh, what can I make with this random, you know, thing of rice I have left over or this can of soup that I haven't thought about in like six months or um, me today, I was taking a break from work and I addressed some cleaning that I had been putting off for a very long time. So just being grateful for what we do have, you know, with everything closing, we're definitely feeling loss and um, a shift in our normal routines uh, to say the least. So I think we're just going to be that more grateful when everything returns. But in the meantime, we're going to be okay. And we're going to be grateful for what we have. And I hope I keep learning that lesson as it gets more difficult here. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask this, as we're talking about uh, not just St. Patrick himself, but his day that we celebrate and that's gotten, you know, uh, I won't use the term corrupted, but I will say, obviously, it's it's strayed from uh, perhaps its original meaning in a lot of different ways. And to us, it's always been in the Williams family. Yes, we do have the one Irish side of our family, as I've mentioned earlier here. Um, and so it's something that we do like to celebrate at the time. But it feel it's always been one of my favorite holidays because almost of what we what we've discussed here about the music, there's a certain life and hope I think that it brings with the the celebration of not just the beginning of spring but there's a certain 
you know, I go back to the same phrase, a certain life-giving force that we get from the music, the food, the family, um, and then obviously the faith aspect of it too. So there's something, I think, beyond just the basic uh, celebration of a, of a feast day um, than perhaps we get through a lot of times throughout the year. Obviously, we all have, as Catholics, we have our, our patron saints and we have other saints' feast days that mean something to us in addition to the others, but there's something different about this one. So I have to ask, what does it mean to you as someone who is, uh, who obviously has the heritage, the culture, and the faith? I mean, wh- where where do you make of all of it each year? I love this topic because in America, we celebrate it so differently from the way Ireland celebrates it because St. Patrick is their primary patron saint, which is a really big deal to them. They pretty much go to mass and they have an extra fancy dinner, almost like a Christmas dinner. And they say some special prayers. Like it really is a holy day. They don't have parades. Nobody dresses in green, literally none of that, which I was shocked to learn. And here it's the opposite like they kind of think it's hilarious that we have parades (laughs) that like stop traffic um for this and you know parties and a fun fact of mine not to you know rain on anybody's parade but saint patrick's color is actually blue (laughs) it's not green um i know shocking um right but green of course is associated with ireland and I um, was lucky enough to travel to Ireland back in November with my husband on our honeymoon. And it was really special just walking grounds that so many saints have walked on and seeing sites that they've seen and just being on that ground with such deep Christian and Catholic history. It really was remarkable and just added so much depth to our travels so having that connection with ireland with irish dance um, with my husband named patrick we just love saint patrick we prayed his full he calls it his breastplate prayer which again if you read it it's really a battle prayer it's a prayer of putting on your armor before you walk out the door of your house each morning and what could be more appropriate for the time right now You know, where we need a little extra strength, a little extra battle armor. Why not? So it just really connected for us in some old ways, some new ways this year, at least. And we hope to be, you know, the big St. Patrick's Day party on the block eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Just how appropriate is it then that the the timing of this, you know, like I said, I'm trying to throw a song out here that somehow captures day-to-day what this is all about and hopefully at the end there will be uh, a chronicle told through that i've had some success with previous eras that i've tried to chronicle through song but to have saint patrick's own feast day to kick this whole thing off and for all the different ways that he speaks to what we're dealing with right now there's just so much to take away from that and, and hopefully people do absolutely Brett. absolutely I hope it's been a real treat to have you on this. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective and your story on this. And I certainly wish nothing but the best for you and Patrick as you navigate this new era of life and for all the all the many blessings on the back end as well. Thank you so much, Brett. Thanks for asking me. It's been it's been a lot of fun to talk about this with you. That is Hope Ogden offering her thoughts on all things St. Patrick, St. Patrick's Day, Irish dance, and hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I've said it before, I'll say it again far more times throughout this journey than just now, but we need each other as much now as ever. 
We need whatever unites us, our communities, our interests, our song, our stories, to guide us through the time ahead. And so I hope to continue to bring you stories that matter, not just for me. My choices may be personal, but they obviously relate to what I hope is an accurate representation of what the world is going through, about what people who mean a lot to me are going through, and the like. And hopefully it resonates with you as well. If you'd like to share your own story, if you have any ideas for where you'd like this project to go, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Again, this is a collective effort. I'm just trying to put together a story um, that ultimately is woven from the fabric of all of ours individually and collectively. I will have another episode out in a day or two talking about all the other songs I've put on the playlist this week. Forgive me for going a tad out of order here as we're coming in three days after the St. Patrick's Day song was chosen, St. Patrick's Day itself. Of course, we've got a bunch of others in the playlist already from this week, and of course, I'll add another tomorrow. I'll add another on Sunday. I'll add another as long as there are no sports here in America, and uh, certainly would like to continue. As I've said before, I'd like to continue this project into the future uh, for a lot of different reasons, but right now we're focused on getting through this pandemic, and hopefully this helps you do just that. So tune on in. Looking forward to bringing you some of my reflections, things I've learned this week, and how I'm telling that through song. So stick around for episode four. But in the meantime, once again, you can find all of these podcasts pretty much any place you can find a podcast. Thanks to Anchor for that. But uh, of course, I'm putting out the link to folks for to my Anchor page as well. And you can follow along with the entire playlist once again on my Spotify account, taking it all in 1317. Once again, I'm Brett Williams. This has been Brett's Play-By-Play List, Episode 3. Thank you so much for coming along. We'll talk to you again soon. In the meantime, stay safe, stay together, and enjoy this. (laughs) 